Let's pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, oh, I thank you for what you're about to do. Heaven touched earth, Lord, at this Christmas season. And Lord, now it's our job as spirit-filled believers to pray a little more heaven touches earth each and every day. And as spirit-filled believers everywhere we walk, God, it's our job to bring heaven to earth. Just like your prayer says, let your will be done, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, we thank you, God, that we get to speak that today. We get to declare that today because you sent your son today. You sent your son for us so that he could live his life, pay the price, and pour it all out for us. And I thank you, God, that we are filled with the Spirit. And if we're not filled today, we're going to get filled today. If, if we're a little empty today, we're going to leave full today. Stay standing. I want to mix the order up a little bit. Media team, just stay with me if the best you can. Um, I want to read this scripture to you, and then, and then I'm going to share a video with you. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Somebody say, in the house. There's a miracle in the house. And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go and borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. Empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. When you have come in, you shall shut the door. Somebody say, shut the door. Behind you and your sons, then pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons and brought the vessels to her and she poured it out and it came to pass. When the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God and said, Go, sell all the oil and pay your debt, and you and your son shall live on the rest. God's got some great faith that he wants to pour into you today. God wants to encourage you. If you came empty today, it came to pass. If you came needing something today, it came to pass. God has something great for you today. And the Bible says that we are strengthened and we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And if you believe it, give God some praise. We've got a, a, a testimony to share with you. And so as you're seated, the media team is going to prepare to show you this, to encourage you to build your faith. And then I'm going to preach the word that God has for us today. This is part of some of our family's voyage that they've been on in 2020. Hi, I'm Ben McClure. I do ops here at Bridge Church and security. And this is my wife. Hi, I'm Kim McClure, and I'm the First Impressions Coordinator. Um, ben and I have been married for about a year and a half. And this is our voyage of 2020. We were actually led to Bridge. Ben 
was listening to podcasts and there was a mention of, of this church and so we decided to come visit because we lived about an hour and 20 minutes away and um we hadn't been to church in a while so it was time to get to church and the minute we walked in the door we felt welcomed and felt the love yeah and pastor landon actually was like come on up here and pray with us and we're like okay <laughs> so so yeah we came in and uh we did first service and then there's bridge course next service so we did bridge course got to know more about the church and and ever since then we've just been all in just involved and Serving volunteering wherever we can. And, um, and signed up for security. I did greeting. Yeah, yeah. And it's been a, just a blessing. You know, our our trip here has been just a long journey to get us to this point. Yeah. And this summer we ended up, we decided to just come up here and spend more time and being more involved in the church. So we were able to come up and camp this summer. And we brought our camper up and about two and a half months we stayed and just camped out in the middle of the woods <laughs> yeah and so the the day we were going to go back someone came to us and and they felt led to offer us to stay on the property so so we ended up doing that and we're able to get like permanent here and we're still looking for a house in our own place but for now we're here and with covid um you know i work in phoenix so um, we were working remotely and we felt that that was God's way of telling us to be quiet and to and have an opportunity to really listen to what he was trying to tell us and where he was leading us. So, and that, yeah. and that led to, you know, we really felt like we should be here to be more permanent and involved and, and, and grounded in the church. And um, I quit my job in Phoenix and now I've, I've started working here doing operation stuff. And uh, it's been great. So God just blessed us. We've, we've, Bridge Church has been just so, you know, welcoming to us and friendly, and you know, it's like family now. Yeah, without Bridge Church, I don't, I don't know where we would be right now. But it's definitely been a blessing to be here. So, so that's been our journey for 2020. That's been our voyage for 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. And I don't know what your voyage has been like. Sometimes it can feel rough. Sometimes it can feel tough. Sometimes it can feel like God's taking a long time to do something suddenly. And, and, and that can feel that life can feel like that. Life can feel like it's been so long, but then suddenly everything changed. You can look back at different points of your life and you can remember there was that moment that it changed. And that moment, it felt like it took forever to get there, but in that moment it changed. And that's what the Holy Spirit sent me here today to preach and prophesy and speak into your heart today. Every single person that's here and online is God has taken a long time, it feels like, but God's ready to change things today. God's going to do a new work today. God's going to do a new thing today. God's going to do the unexpected today. That is the season we are in. We are in the season of Jesus showing up on earth. And where did this come from? And an unexpected miracle took place. An unexpected blessing took place. And it just came out of nowhere, it felt like. And all of a sudden, God took a long time 
to do something suddenly. And I want to show you today how our next bridge that God is calling us to build in this Bridge Builder series is going to speak to your life, it's going to speak to Christmas, and it's going to speak to who we are as a church and where we're going. And so are you ready? Open your Bibles and take out your notes. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. I read the passage just a minute ago, and now I want to uh, unpack this uh, text and teach you a little bit more and, and preach if I, if I get the urge a little bit. Uh, one of the things that was funny that uh, when I was listening to that testimony is Ben and Kim, they showed up here because they were listening to us on podcasts, and I hear that often now. And, uh, but I, I, I also, I, I, they said, well, there was one particular sermon when you said you thought you got a white preacher, but you got a black preacher today and you started preaching the house down. They were like, we have to go to that church. (laughs) And so they drove like an hour and 20 minutes every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Tuesday to be here. And they took that. That's their bridge of faith. And we're going to talk about your bridge here in just a second. But whatever, however that bridge looked like to, to propel you to to all of a sudden cause an urge or a hunger inside of you. Something took place to say, I, I need more in my life. Somebody said amen. amen. That, that God, that maybe you needed it in your leadership. Maybe you needed it in your marriage. Maybe you were so poured out, you were just empty and you had nothing left to give. I'm here to tell you today, I don't have a lot to give. I don't have everything to give, but what I do have to give, I'm going to share with you. And that's how we need to live our life because when you look at this text, you can see the, the woman this widow who has two sons and she's she's broke. She is poor and she is in destitute and she is full of debt, world-crushing debt. And Elijah has just begun his ministry. So Elijah uh, has taken over for Elijah. And as Elijah begins his ministry, he's done a couple miracles. But this is going to be really one that helps begin to identify the power that he walks in. And so when Elijah starts off, he encounters this widow that because of a turmoil that's happened in this area, she's lost her husband, she's widowed, she's in debt. She in debt, she's going to lose her two sons to slavery. And as she gets ready to lose her two sons into slavery, he says, oh, oh, what can I do for you? And can I ask you a question today? What can God do for you? Oh, no, um, oh, who, nobody. Maybe all those of you online. Can God do anything for you today? They have everything they need. I, they, they, they go with They have it all figured out. I, I don't know about you, but there are mornings I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm going to need God today. I, I wake up every week. I, I woke up, come on, 2020, and I was like, good Lord, we need Jesus every day, every moment, every hour, every. And, and part of me, I'm like, man, God, what's next? And we're like, we're so close to the end of the year. Nobody say, nobody do anything. Nobody breathe. Nobody move. Let's just, no, no swarm of hornets. I don't need anything crazy. Let's just get to 2021. Anybody else feeling me? I, I'm, I'm there. I'm like, okay, God. We're, we're, and, and he says, he says, I want to do something for you. Because he learned from, from the, the, his teacher. His teacher asked the same thing to another woman. He said, what can be done for her? How can we bless her? And, and this is how this lesson was taught. And so now he says, how can we bless you? And God is showing up at your door today. And he's saying, how can I bless you today? How heartbreaking would it be if tangibly you could see and feel and know that Jesus is knocking at your door and he's asking you that question and your only response is, I don't know. 
See, sometimes the, the reason we lack is because we have nothing to ask. But if you have something to ask for, you have something to receive. And if you never ask, you ne you'll never receive. If you never knock, the door will never be open. If you never seek, you'll never find. But somewhere within us, in our human nature, in our sinful nature, we, the enemy wants to get us into a place where when we do finally get in the presence of God, in the presence of a man of God, in the presence of where God can do the impossible, he wants it to get us to a place where we're like, well, life's pretty good. It's all God. I don't need anything, but I want to talk to somebody who needs Jesus in their life. I, this message isn't for people who got it figured out. Well, we want to I want to talk to somebody who doesn't have life figured out and needs something from God today. That's what church is for. Everybody says, oh, you just go to church because you need church. You're darn right. I need church. It's the very breath I breathe. I need Jesus. I need the word. I need God. I need fellowship. I need prayer. I need worship. I need praise. I need somebody clapping. I need somebody amening because I get excited. When you see a stadium full of thousands of people start cheering, you start cheering and you don't even know what you're cheering for because it's exciting because there's, there's strengths in numbers. There's strength in what we can do together. And God is saying, look, look, there, there's something I can do for you if you can help me identify it. And then he switches almost topics and he goes and he says, but in a random direction, he says, well, what, what do you have in the house? Isn't that off to the, he says, she, I'm broke. My husband's dead. My two sons are about to be slow, sold into slavery. What are you going to do about it? Help me. And he says, what can I do for you? How can I, you know what, what's in your house? And this is the question that God follows up his first question with is what do you have left? Because most of the time in our mind, in our subconscious, we're looking at what we've lost and rather than what we have left. And God is not going to work through what you lost. He's going to work through what you have left. Sometimes we're only thinking about the one friend that left and we got 99 left with us. Sometimes we're only thinking about the one job that we, that we lost and we, we, we got another job sitting in right in front of us. We're, we're thinking about all the things. Sometimes all our mind and our flesh wants to do is think about everything we've lost and not about anything we have left because the miracle is in what you have left. The power is in what you have left. I'm going to keep preaching until somebody here, until the back row hears it. I, I'm because what you have left is enough. What you have left is enough. And so he says, well, what do you have in the house? And she starts off and she says, I got nothing. Isn't that how we do it? I've got nothing. Remember when you were a kid? Nobody loves me. You know, now you're, and then you talk about COVID and you're like, oh my God, this year was hell. It was crazy. Well, I mean, yes, I still have my job and I still have my family and I still have my friends and I still have my church. Yes, I have those, but though it was horrible. I've got nothing. Isn't that, y'all are laughing because it's true. And, and, and we talk about like every, every time God says, oh, but what do you have left? You're like, I lost it all, God. Well, yeah, I've got them. They have to love me. But, and I've got these. And yes, that hat. I mean, I'm not going to lose my job, lose my life, lose my God. Yeah, I still have the house. I still have the car. I still have this. Yeah, we talk. We, we go in this. And then all of a sudden, her mind clicks. Because if you let somebody talk long enough, you're going to get to the truth. And she goes from a lie of nothing to, oh, but yeah, you're right. I do have a little jar of oil. It's not a lot, but I have a, a jar of oil. Just a little bit. Can I preach to everybody who feels like you only got a little bit left? I, I, I've been there. I feel like, I, like we were talking about, I'm at the end, we're at the end of the year, and I'm at that point where I'm like, no more. I, 
I'm on, you remember when mama used to say, kids, I'm on my last nerve. Because she knew. I, there was this cute little story of this kid that we knew. We took him to Disneyland. And uh, he, we went to Disneyland. We're doing the whole day in the park. And it was fun. It was awesome. But he's just young. And he, you know, he's, but he's so sharp. And, and we're walking around, and when the parents are making it, we're like, hey, you're, you're old enough, you're going to walk, you know, we're not getting a stroller for you, you're going to walk. So we're walking around the park, and we're doing all this, and then all of a sudden, he's like, guys, I'm about at an eight, an eight, I got eight, and he was, he was like, like, what? His parents had never heard this before, and they're like, what do you mean, an eight? And then he was like, eight, that's all I've got left, I've got eight, and then it was like, all of a sudden, it grew a little bit later, he was like, I'm at a five, I'm at a five. <laughs> And it was like a couple hours later, we're still going through the park, and he literally goes, I'm out of one. And then he just sat down and broke and cried. And he was like, that's all I got. I had a kid. He just cried and cried, and I carried him back to the hotel. But it was, he knew, I've only got this much left. And we laugh, and it's so cute for a kid, but many of us are living our life on that. God, I, I only got so much hope. I don't know how many days and years I can pray for the same miracle and not see anything happen. I don't know how many months I can go and, and continue to live on just a little bit, God. I, I feel like all I've got is this. I feel like all I, I feel like 2020 has taken my container of hope and taken it down to here. I feel like my, my joy has gone to here. I feel like all I've got patience left, hope for, joy for, love for. Love. I, can't, I don't even have enough love to love myself. God, I'm at the last little bit that I've got. I'm at 1%, God. And some of us, if you were truthful, you'd have been like, I had a, break, I had a breakdown last week. I, 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 was, I broke down like two months ago. I broke down. You had several points where you just lost it. Because that's where we're at. And, 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 but, but we need to be honest about where we're at. God can't, God can't fix who you're pretending to be. God can't heal who you're faking to be. God can't heal the persona that you put on. God can't fill something that is fake. But if you're truthful to him and say, I only got a little bit left, God. And if you don't show up, I don't know what I'm going to do. If you don't show up, God, come on. Who am I preaching to? If you, if you don't show up, God, I don't know what's going to happen with my family, my friends, and my life. If you don't show up for my kids, I don't know what I'm going to do. And there's a point in our life that we have to hit a place like Zacchaeus did last week with the tree. We have to hit a place of humility to understand when we're not everything we need. When we don't have it all. When we're lacking. And the craziest part about all of this is that what Elisha said in return to her. He said, go and borrow. How many listen to Dave Ramsey or you've heard one financial course in your life ever? Like, you know, anybody. Raise your hand. Yeah, only 10 people. Y'all better go see a financial planner. <laughs> If I don't see your hand next time I ask that question, everybody ought to see a financial plan. But it, it, you, every financial planner is going to tell you, oh, you're in crushing debt? Go borrow some more. No, they're not going to say that. They're going to be like, you're in world-crushing debt? Good Lord, stop borrowing, stop spending, stop it. And, and Elisha flips the script. And he says, go and borrow more. Go and borrow more. 
Now, this is a difficult principle to work your way through and wage your way through because what God is not saying here is if you're in crushing student loan debt, go get another loan. What he is saying is here is what you do have, I want you to leverage it for what you can have. So what you do have inside of you, supernaturally, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, even physically and naturally, I want you to, because when you leverage what you have, you'll get what you need. And so I I may not only have a little bit of hope left, but that little bit of hope can get me to where I need to be. So the bridge between your feast and famine is faith. Write that down. The next bridge that you need to build brick by brick and decision by decision is choosing to say, I'm going to live in a place where I'm going to step out in bold, crazy, crazy, crazy faith. It doesn't make sense. Oh, somebody say it doesn't make sense. The world is full of that right now. We're like, but that doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up. That testing and that and this and that. and well, Everything seems like it's a little squirrely right now. And I, that doesn't add up. And God's saying, good. I don't want anything to make sense because I need you to step into a place of crazy faith. Because if everything made sense, you don't know. Oh, I'm going to preach. Help me preach. Help me preach. I, I, I want somebody to see this because when you're called to live a life of faith and you need Jesus in your life, you can't, do, you can't walk that way. If you're walking on concrete, you'll never need the hand of Jesus. But if you're walking on water, somebody hear me preach, it, you're going to need the hand of Jesus in your life every once in a while. It, when you're just living a life of facts, you'll never need God. But when you're living a life of faith, you'll always need a hand because there'll be moments I'm walking on water and there'll be moments I'm drowning. But as long as I've got Jesus in my life instead of facts in my life, I'll always have the power of God in my life because I'm building Like Peter, I'm stepping out of the boat into a bridge of faith. I'm doing something nobody's. It didn't make sense for Peter to, hey, well, you're walking on water. Call me out. I'll come walk on water. That's stupid. Peter, there's no need. You're in a nice dry boat. Sit your butt down. Quit trying to act like you're better. Isn't that what your friends tell you? Quit going and quit acting. We know who you are. Don't go to church. Don't click on. Don't, don't act like you're worshiping. Don't read your Bible. Don't talk to me about Jesus. Don't act crazy in your faith. Don't step up. Did you know I hear this a lot of times? Well, I just don't want to be, you know, I don't want to tell my friends too much. Or I don't want to kind of force it. You know, when I'm talking about Jesus around my friend, I want to be careful. Anybody? Am I preaching? Anybody? I, I want to be cautious. I want to, you know, I want to wait it in. Did you know nobody will buy into something you're only 50% about? When you're only 50% with them, there's no reason for them to be sold out too. But when you're sold out about telling them about Jesus and about walking a walk of faith and living a life of faith and living a life for God, all of a sudden everything changes because that's what people follow. People follow bold courage, not waning courage. They don't follow somebody who kind of talks about Jesus. They follow somebody who keeps talking about Jesus. They don't follow somebody who's kind of sold out. They follow somebody who's completely sold out. They don't follow wavery faith. They follow passionate, bold, crazy faith that says, you know what? I'm believing God can eliminate all my debt. I'm believing God. This is what this woman is praying for. God, you can take care of all my debt. Anybody have some debt? There? No? Yeah? No? You're like, everybody just doesn't even want to admit it. They're like, no. Don't have any debt here. Our whole nation is in debt. 
And God wants to forgive that. And yet somehow through false doctrine and false teaching and a false perspective about the Bible and, and wrong ideologies about the kingdom, we think that God just wants us to continue to live in debt because really his blessing doesn't mean money. No, no. God wants you to live in a blessed place where the debt is gone and you're the lender, not the borrower. And you're the head, not the tail. And you're standing up in faith and you're walking your walk of faith. And God provides for every step of faith. And God shows up in faith. God shows up every day you need him. Providing for everything he's placed in front of you. I had somebody get upset about our bridge builder uh, declaration that we put up on the screens and we declare, and it was all about the best. I'm I'm built, I'm I'm ready to live my best life. And out of all the declaration, that was their, our best. But life is tough. And it's also going to be bad. What? What? kind of miserable perspective do you have about God to say that even storms may come I'm still going to be miserable no storms may come but I still got Jesus in my boat I'm still going to live in peace I'm still going to live in joy I'm still going to live in love I'm still going to live in faith I'm I'm not I'm not let, they're subscribing to a, a doctrine of depression instead of a doctrine of destiny and my doctrine of destiny that the whole canon of scripture paints for me it says trials will come and go but joy comes in the morning stuff that you are struck down but you're not destroyed you are oppressed but you you're better than this you're going to rise above this it's crazy faith it's 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 bold faith he says go borrow and he says go borrow from everywhere from all of your neighbors empty vessels do not just gather a few One of the most saddest scriptures in the Bible is when God spoke to David and he said, if you'd have asked for more, I would have given it to you. And God's calling us to go gather and do more and go farther and do everything we can. And the worst day in our life will when we enter into the gates and stand before the king of kings and he's going to ask us, if you'd have done more, if if you'd have stepped out more, if you'd have, I'd have given you more. And God is calling this woman who has a little bit of oil to go out and gather empty vessels. Can somebody see the gospel in this? The evangelical gospel in this? Where she's saying, I don't have a lot, but I know some vessels that are empty. And I need to go to Walmart and start recruiting some people to go to church because I see some depressed people. I need to post on social media for some people who are living an empty life. Does anybody know an empty vessel? Because this is the perfect place for them. The, The house of God, the word of God, the message of God, the spirit of God, the fulfillment of God in their life. Because we all know people who are empty. But it's our job to go gather the empty vessels. When was the last time you brought somebody to tune in or to church or led them to the Lord in a prayer, encouraged them to read their Bible because there are so many empty vessels and they're calling on all the other stuff to fill them. And God is saying, no, no, I need you. I need you to go gather them because I'm going to fill them. And he says, go gather as many as you can and gather empty vessels. And I think that's huge because many of us we're beyond the point of a little, we're empty. And can I tell you, if you're empty, that's good. Oh, no, I'm going to say it again. If, if you're empty, that's good. Because God loves to fill empty vessels. It's hard to fill a vessel that's full. Let me, let me say it like this. It's hard to fill a vessel that's full of itself. It's hard to fill a vessel that's full of the world. 
It's hard to fill a vessel that is full of all kinds of other ideology. It's hard to fill somebody who's already full of their intellectualism and their pride and their ego. It's hard to fill somebody else. When God wants to pour some new stuff in you, but you got the old doctrine of 1996 and you haven't learned anything new since then and you still dress the same, walk the same, your hairstyle still 1996, you ought to learn something new, baby, because God wants to do a fresh work in you. Get your hair done. Go buy a new outfit. God wants to fill you up and rejuvenate you, refresh you. We, we get to this point in our walk with God that just like our style, we feel like that's it. There's nothing left for me. <laughs> There's nothing better. And God's saying, oh, you've, you've completely underestimated me. I, I've got so much more for you. I can pour fresh oil in you every day because the Bible says those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. But it's those who come hungry to the Lord. It's those who come empty to the Lord. It's those who say, I'm just an empty vessel, God. Fill me. Just like the tabernacle, he said, build the tabernacle. And in the holiest of holies, get out of the way because I'm going to fill that tabernacle. All of a sudden, it didn't, it didn't take much, but he said, just let it be. Oh, and then look at Christmas. It was just a young girl, virgin, pure, innocent, righteous, and holy, just an empty vessel waiting to be filled. And he said, okay, let me fill you with purpose and destiny. And he filled her. And that's how we got Jesus. Because there was somebody willing to say, I'm empty. Somebody say, I'm empty. I'm empty. I'm empty. It's okay to be empty before the Lord because God loves empty containers and he values the container more than the content. So, and, and if you think the content's more important, you've misunderstood the gospel because he can keep filling you with more content. He's not going to run out of revelation. He's not going to run out of joy and hope and love and kindness and goodness and mercy and grace. His grace is sufficient and can fill you and fill you. And when you come in drained, oh, I want to preach to somebody who's felt drained all year you're tired all year. You're, you're exhausted and you don't know what else you can give. And God's saying, good, come empty, come empty church, come empty. You know why some people don't receive a message in churches? Cause they're already full. And if you, if you did what the Lord asked you to all week and you poured yourself out, you'd come empty every week. Because the Lord wants to pour something fresh in you every week and every opportunity that the word is being preached. But vessels can only be filled if they're empty. And if you can come, if you're humble enough to say, God, I'm empty. Fill me. Because the bridge, this next bridge, write this down. Between your feast and your famine is your hunger. Are you hungry enough for it? Are you hungry enough? And she went out and borrowed all these vessels. When I hear borrowed. I think it's some other scriptures. She borrowed all these other vessels. And she borrowed all these other vessels. And you know what I could imagine? I could imagine her and her sons with faith going out to every door. Hey, can I borrow some vessels? Hey, can I borrow some empty vessels? Hey, hey, can I have some empty vessels? Oh, no, no, no. I, 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 don't, I, I don't need a full vessel. I just need an empty vessel. And, I, I, and, we get, and, get, and they're like looking at her like she's crazy. And then, and then the reply is, I'll bring it back to you. And, and not only just bring it back, I'll, I'll bring it back quickly. It's not, it's not going to take long. I, I just need to do what God called me to do. I need to do what the man of God told me to do. Because the man of God, Elisha, spoke a word. And then he left. Yep. I'm going to tell you exactly what's wrong in our nation right now with this one point. The man of God spoke the word, and when he spoke the word, he left her. 
Many of us, we think a pastor and a leader, or a man or woman of God should speak the word and be like, okay, Omar, give me your hand. I know we're not really supposed to touch, but come on, go ahead. It's okay. I'm clean. I sanitized. Did you? Did you wash your hands? You better have. <clears throat> and we want God, we want, we want the man, oh, hey, you know, this is what you're going to do. You're going to live by faith. You're going to build those bridges. You're going to be generous. You're going to be a man of God. All right, let's do it. Go do it. And, and, and we want him, okay, this is your first step. And then your second step. How are you doing today? Are you doing good? Did you, how was that last step? Was that okay? Let's take another step. Let's, and we want someone to do it. And I'll prove it to you. We want somebody to do that. We expect someone to do it. But really, God wants us to operate in our own faith and say, let's see how you do when the word comes. Because what we've been doing is we've been glorifying the man rather than the message. And when you glorify the man you, and not the message, then if the man is gone, the message is worthless. It, it, I'll say it again. When we glorify the method and we we don't glorify the message. So when t- this year it got all crazy and 2020 got all turned upside down and then I didn't have my Bible studies. We weren't doing seven services like we used to. We weren't packing it out. We didn't have our women's. Where's all the women's stuff? We had women's stuff all the time. And I hear this, oh my God. And then you hear, oh, men's stuff. And where's men's stuff? Where's my Bible study? Where's this? Where's that? Where's this? Where's my method? Where's my system? And God is saying, look, you have glorified the method. And when I took the method away, you lost the message. But the message is the powerful part, not the method. Oh, somebody hear me preach today. Because we have glorified Celebrity, mess- uh, celebrity men and pastors and leaders and, and a methodology, and we, bigger buildings. And I, we want a bigger building. Look, all those things are wonderful. And we want to be influential and we want to make an impact. But when you glorify me instead of how God is using me, you've missed the point of coming to church because there's a message coming through me that is beyond me. And I don't know what it is. I just got a little, I just got a little bit. I'm not that smart. No, no, I'm the, don't give me that much. I'm not that, and I'm not that talented, and I'm not that good. I'm not perfect. Some people look at Emily and I's marriage and they're like, they really are perfect. I bet it's fake. And I'm like, no, we argue and we yell and we have all kinds of stuff and we have up days and down days and we're not perfect. When you glorify a position instead of the pulpit, you have missed the mark. And he had to leave her to say, let's see if you really believe what I told you to do. Let's see if you'll really walk it out. Let's see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a message and let's see if you can take it and work it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Let's see if I can come back a week from now and you're still living for Jesus. Let alone a year. Because when the method was changed. I, I'm, I'm telling you, this is the problem in Christianity right now. And I talked with pastors from all across the nation last week. And this was the problem. It's because of this next point that I want to share with you. He says, okay, then when, I, when you get that, I want you to uh, go to your house. I want you to get your boys. I want you to get the vessels. And then he says something very strange. He says, I want you to shut the door. Somebody say shut the door. Shut. I want you to shut the door. That's interesting because then again, I, I start to reconcile it with all the rest of the canon of Scripture. And I remember Jesus. I remember Jesus walking, and he heals the woman with the issue of blood, and he's on his way to Jairus' house. And as he's on his way to Jairus' house, he shows up, and there's wailers and mourners in front of the house. And he says, oh, oh, she's not dead. She's alive. 
And they said, oh, you're crazy. They rebuked him and they mocked him and they laughed at him. And he said, shut your mouth. And then he walked in with five of a mom and dad and a couple of disciples. He walked in there and he said, shut the door. And when they shut the door, the miracle took place. Let, hear me now. When you shut the door on the haters of the world, when you shut the door on the ideology of the world, when you shut the door on your flesh, when you shut the door, he's giving you permission today to shut you. Some of you, you don't have one door. You have nine doors. You got a door for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, mom, dad, my crazy uncle. You got a, you got a whole door over here just for my, the person I want to marry, but is it perfect yet? But I'm going to listen to everything they say. And you got a door for politics. You got a door for COVID. You got a door for doctors. You got a door for everybody. And, and no wonder we're dealing with confusion. I've got too many doors open. And I need somebody to say, shut the door. I, I, my Part of your bridge may not even look just like a vessel. It may look like a door. Or it may look like saying, you know what? I'm listening to too many people. Wow. That's good. Oh, it got, I don't know about you online. It got real quiet in here because we, we have the door open. Because if we shut the door, we'll offend them. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And God's saying, are you willing to hurt somebody's feelings for the miracle I need to do in your home? Are you willing to shut the door on some people that are not healthy for you so I can do a miracle in your life? Because until you do, you, you cannot create, I cannot work a miracle with doubters lingering and leeching onto you. And, and the, what we have is another problem is we've got kingdom principles being taught, but we've got a worldly kingdom of ideologies that keeps flooding our door. And so when you hear me preach, but you hear the world speak, all of a sudden you have conflict and you don't know who to believe and it'll never be resolved until you shut the door. And today you may even say, you know, I'm going to shut the door on that preacher. Okay. Good luck. Because I may be the only friend in your life. And that's the sad truth. Because for me, I'm not your dad. I'm not a figure. I'm just a pastor. I have no strings. I have no repercussions for you. I have nothing to hold against you or to you or for you. Nothing. I'm the only one who's trying to encourage, maybe the only one, hopefully not, in your life to say, hey, you need to shut some doors in your life because God's getting ready to do a miracle, but all you hear is doubt. All you hear is discouragement. All you hear about is death. All you hear about is rates and numbers and percentages and politics and everything keeps flooding your life because you haven't shut the door. And you need to slam the door shut today. Oh, somebody shout, shut the door. Somebody say, I'm shutting the door. 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 I'm, sh I'm going to have to shut the door on some friends. I'm going to have to shut the door on some people I love because I need to get the mirror. I'm, I'm at a place. Remember, we have to get to an honest place of God. I need you. I need to be filled. And I got to close and wrap this up, but let me just share with you. Look, when you, when you get to this part of the story, she, she then shuts the door and she has her boys. She has her boys bring the vessels. Let me talk to leaders and parents for a minute. When you're the only one exercising faith, you're the only one who will have faith. But in your home, when you tell your kids, when you're the boss and you're in charge and you tell your followers and your, your employee, however it looks, you're the one who can put faith in their hands. She literally said, hey, you bring me the vessels, boys. 
How many grew up in, I'll paint it in a, a nicer picture. How many grew up in like an old school home where your parents made you go to church, right? And I, like my parents made me go. They would kick me all the way. Some days I wouldn't like going to church. I'd be like, I'm not going to church. I'm the pastor. All my kids are going to church. You're coming with me. I'd be forced to go to church. And then I kept here when I got older. Oh, that's why I didn't like church because my parents made me go to church. And I'm, I'm talking to somebody who's in church, at church, with church. And I'm like... You're here, aren't you? Because something in you was instilled and deposited in you. And you may not have liked it then. But don't let your feelings get in the way of your faith. I don't feel like... Some of the people look at preachers and they're like, I bet he wakes up and just like, oh. I can't wait to read the Word of God today. In fact, I'm going to read Leviticus and Numbers. Revelation, just to confuse me. And I'm going to go through and just, oh, soak it in for the first four hours. And then I'm going to pray for another four hours. What kind of garbage? There's no way. No, I don't feel like that. And I know there's not a single preacher who does. Not a pastor, not a leader. You don't feel like it because your flesh doesn't want you to feel like it. I go to church because my faith called me to church. I go worship because my faith called me to worship. I clap my hands because my faith said, clap your hands. I do what God has called me to do, not by feelings, but by faith. Somebody say my faith. My faith. My, not, not, not his faith, not mama's faith. Some of you have been living on your mom and dad's faith for far too long. Oh, we just grew up in church. You know, mom and dad always. Who can, Forget about mom and dad. What kind of faith do you have? Where are you at? Because God, he, she said, hey, you, you two boys, we're doing this together. Parents, I'm giving you permission from the word of God. Don't, don't live in that deception. What could be wisdom, but truly deception of saying, I just don't want to be forceful. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to make my kids. Well, then your kids will see that you're not really serious about the faith that you claim. So at least stand somewhere. Have something. I, I can at least go back in my mind, even though my father did discipline me in some very harsh manners, that I would never discipline my kids. Never do it like that. But I can look back and say, he stood his ground. My father never backed down from me being at church, praying, being in the word, loving God, putting God for my, my father never backed down from that. I can, I can faithfully say that because he was adamant about it. Can, can your kids say that about you? Will they be able to say that about you? Because you have to get to a place where you can reconcile that. And then the last thing that I want to share with you, and I, I need to close, this is so important, is <clears throat> as you go through this and, and she, she sees all of a sudden her son's engaging in this and she's pouring just this little vessel. They put an empty vessel in front, she pours and fills it. They put another one, she pours and fills it. They put another empty vessel, she pours and fills it. Another empty vessel, another empty vessel, another empty vessel. How is this happening? Another empty vessel, another empty vessel, another empty vessel. She keeps filling all these vessels. I know there were a lot of vessels. You want me to tell you how? Because the Bible says that she sold them all, paid off all her debt, a debt that was so crushing her sons were going to be sold into slavery. A huge amount of that paid all the debt off, gave it back to her neighbors. And the Bible says that, uh, uh, that the prophet Elijah says, go and live with you and your sons on the rest for the rest of their life. That is a massive 
blessing. And he said, from one little jar. And they just keep filling these empty vessels because the ability to fill is not dependent upon what's in, but what's it's in front of. Oh, hear me. The ability to fill is not dependent upon what's in the container, but what is the container that's in front? If there's an empty container in front of me, it can be filled. And God says, oh, if you come empty, I'll keep filling. And I'll keep filling till there's no containers to be filled. And I'll keep pouring it out and I'll keep pouring it out and I'll keep pouring it out. You want to live in a continual, perpetual blessing in your life? Always come empty before God. Say, God, I gave it all during the week. I gave it all during the day. I loved all I could. I gave all I could. I worshiped all I could. I prayed all I could. I did everything I could for the cause of Christ. And the more, because we, we live in this mentality of the working, not the uh, right? And we do that. And Dolly taught us that. And we have this nine to five mentality. I think it was Dolly. Nine to five mentality of like working for the weekend. And we go all the way to the, and we just, what we say during the week, I don't want to work too hard because I want to go play. I want to go out. I want to have fun. I want to go to church. Thank you. You're very spiritual. And, and, and I, I want to go to church. I want to do all these things. I want to have energy for the weekend because we don't want to give too much because if we give too much, we won't have anything left. And let me just clarify. We're not talking about tired. If you're tired and you go to sleep, you wake up rested. If you're empty and you go to sleep, you wake up still empty. I'm talking about something very, very deep. When you pour everything you've got out and you give it your best, that's like me. If I had a great word from God and I was like, oh, I'm going to save it for like a good series next year in April. What an idiot, right? No. I got a word. Oh, let me share. Can I share the word that God? I don't. I don't. I don't preach what what was old and dead and 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 growing mold on it. I preach what God spoke to me right now. God, what are you saying today? What are you saying right here? I want to give it all, and I got to believe every week. <laughs> Remember when we started? We were doing seven services. We were doing four, and then we were doing in the morning, and then it was Sunday night, a, su- a Monday night, a Tuesday night, and a Wednesday night. We were doing so many services, I was like, Pow. and every service I'd preach some different message. And I remember talking with some of my leaders, I would say, it's God. <laughs> Because as soon as I pour out, God pours back in. As soon as I pour out, God pours back in. As soon as I come to Lord, I preached all the good stuff I had. I have no more jokes. Give me another joke, God. And I'm like praying and seeking. And God says, I'll give you more. I'll give you fresh. Because only when you empty it out, only when you pour it out, only when you give what you have, God can say, let me fill you back up. Let me bless you again. Let me pour into your life again. Let me grow you, mature you, develop you. Let me enhance your life. Oh, give God some praise. Come on, Bridge Church. Oh, yeah, stand to your feet. Yes. We're going to close. We're going to close. Stay standing. I need you to understand this blessing that God is wanting to pour in you. See, some of us were like, but if I give to help the bridge builders, I don't know what I'll have for Christmas. If I give to, 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 to helping the, the needy, I don't know what I'll have for me. If I give here, that's a lot of money, Pastor. But I remember Jesus, I, I, I remember learning and seeing in the scripture that we saw the woman with the, the might. And he said that, that's the biggest gift. She didn't have anything left. 
I remember seeing all throughout Scripture, multiple places where the woman spoke to the prophet. She says, this is the last meal we have. I have nothing left. When I eat this meal with my son, we're going to die. And he said, okay, bake a cake for me with it. Give it to me. And most of us would be like, you're insane, bro. And that is selfish. And I, that's why I don't like church. That's why I don't like preachers. They, all they want is your money. And, I'm, and, and, and they said, no, no, no. This is about a miracle in your home. This is a, you cannot see a miracle from a place of fulfillment. You see a miracle from a place of desperation. And when you're in a place where you can say, okay, God, I need you. I'm going to, she was in a, the Bible says those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. That means you got to have a deep hunger. You, you got to be hungry. You got to be empty. You got to be desperate and say, God, I'm crossing and building this bridge. And I need to step into the feast that you created me into the miracle in my home. But I've got to do what you called me to do. And so when you give this season, give generously, not according to what you have in you, but according to what's in front of you. And as much as you pour out, you'll be filled. And he won't just leave you with your little jar. See, I love how God does this. He, he, he blesses her not just with the full jar again, but he blesses her with hundreds of jars full of oil provided. So she went from, I'm going to trade the little that I do have for a massive blessing because I'm going to cross my bridge of faith today. And it takes extreme, crazy faith to say, okay, God, I'm believing you're going to end 2020 strong. I'm going to start 2020 off right at 2021. And I'm going to do something incredible. God, you're going to do the impossible, the miraculous, the unexpected. I believe it. Oh, if your faith, don't feel your way into a clap. Have your faith and say, okay, God, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I'm stepping into a place of faith. And when you do, you'll be just like all the prophets of old and these men and women of God. And even sometimes in my life, when I walk into a hospital room and pray for somebody and they get out of the bed, I, we, we walk up to somebody who's battling finances and all of a sudden God skyrockets and blesses them. We, we, we're going to see that happen, but it's not just because you're, you're, you're glorifying the man, you're, you're honoring the message. And when you take the message over the man, you'll always win. We're not going to build an unhealthy church that looks at a stage with a spotlight and says, he's the reason. If you came to this church because of the ministries and the men and women of this church, you came for the wrong. You need to come because there's a manna from God that is fueling your life. And when you get that in your spirit, you'll always keep coming. Because you know there's going to be good food. And when you're fed, and you know where to be fed, and you keep, and God is going to grow your faith. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for every single person here in this house, here online, tuning in. Nancy, Lord, our home church in Kansas, God, Lord, our, our wonderful home church with Chris and Leah in LA, God, Lord, home churches all over and family and friends and loved ones. And, and Lord, I pray that you'd minister and speak to us all right now, wherever we're at. Oh, if there's somebody that's empty, I want you to raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. If you've only got a little bit left right now, raise your hand. If you've only got a little bit of faith left, believing for your family, your kids or your spouse, and you're like, I gave up on faith a long time ago, that things would change. I want you to 
raise your hand. And as you raise and shoot that hand up in faith, God is going to fill you up. And Lord, I thank you for every hand raised and heart open. God, fill them, fill them. There's a bridge of faith coming in their life. There's a bridge of hunger coming in their life. The reason that some of your families are still dysfunctional is because there's a lack of hunger in your life. Get a hunger for God, for thirsting for righteousness, and you shall be filled. And out of your filling, everybody else around you will be filled. Shut the door on the world. In fact, if there's anybody in here right now that needs to shut the door on some things, I want you to begin to speak to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going to handle that. When we leave this church today, I'm shutting the door on that today. I'm shutting the door on those things and those people and those places. I'm shutting the door on it, God, and I want the miracle to happen in my home. You sent your son to show me that miracles still do happen, that I was being thought of long before I came here, that you wanted to graft me in and make me a son and a daughter. And Lord, I thank you that I'm not an heir, God, Lord, here to squander. I'm an heir here to utilize, God, what you have given us to bless the world and see your kingdom come. And Lord, I thank you for the bridge builder offering, God. We're going to bless the world with this. And you're putting numbers on people's hearts and minds of how we can change lives and feed people. And Lord, I thank you for it. And we receive all that you have for us today. And everybody who received a word from God today, shout a good amen and give God some praise. Amen. Don't miss out next week. I'm continuing this series. Christmas Eve is going to be awesome. Don't miss out. Candlelight Christmas Eve service with communion. It's going to be great. And then our last Sunday of the month, we'll be home for the holidays. We're going to stream to your home. And we won't have in-person services that one Sunday. We're going to have them in your home so that you can spend time with family. And you can have some downtime and rest. And, I, and we're going to have, we have a special message in there that I want you to tune in for that's perfect for your home. So make sure you tune in. But right now, let's speak this bridge declaration. Be dismissed, and we'll see you next Sunday. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you, Bridge. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that be dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, email us at info at wearebridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you're joining our Bridge Church online family for the very first time, we have a special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information so we can get that gift out to you. We're so happy that you joined us today. and We can't wait to see you soon. Make sure to stay connected because we are so much better together.